Hey, Defenders Podcast, it's Moira trying to slip this in under the wire. Okay, listen, this time around, I'm just pissed with Matt. Not Matt and Mel Matt, he's adorable. The other Matt, the Murdoch one. Listen, you are being a shitty lawyer. Shitty, shitty, shitty. You don't even show up on the first day of the, the, you know, the trial of the century to make the opening statement, which, as far as I can recall, was the portion of the work that you were parceled out to do. Nope, you don't even bother to show up and do that, do you? Nope, you let it all fall on poor little Foggy Bottom, who, by the way, did a pretty good job. But here's the thing. Why were you distracted? Because of, yeah, Electra. And I am siding with you guys, not particularly liking her. I agree with Mel, I think, who was saying last time, um, you know, she's got the whole bad girl thing going on, but none of us really are loving it very much because really, Matt, you know what? That was 10 years ago. Why don't you grow up and be a big boy and actually recognize that you're supposed to be supporting your your colleague and your client, and that Electra's little delving into her, you know, her, her, whatever, footsies with the Yakuza is a side thing. Because really, that's about her and her money, isn't it? Like, how is that more important than you actually doing your damn job as a lawyer? There, I said it. Okay, next thing, Matt. Okay, this is not a good way to start a relationship with Karen. You've been lying. First of all, you're lying about the fact that she doesn't know you're daredevil. That's kind of a big thing when it's going to come up. And secondly, you can't even manage to be upfront with her and with Foggy about what the hell you're doing with your time. So, yeah, I'm not happy with you, Matt. I'm not happy. Not happy. Okay, I've ranted enough. Uh, I don't even really know what I want to give this for a rating. I think I'll just stop babbling and, um, you know, maybe hit send on this. Um, And next week, I can tell you what I think in person. Okay, bye for now. Somewhere in Hill's kitchen, there's a lawyer named Matt Murdock. And he works with his friend Foggy and a woman who's named Karen. At a law firm called Nelson and Murdock, where they help people find justice. But Matt's got a secret at night, he becomes a vigilante. Even though he's blind, he's got these super senses and the training. To beat up the nasty bad guys who are ruining Hell's Kitchen. Matt, he loves his home so much that he puts on his armor costume. And pretends that he's the devil as he smashes in their faces. He's called Daredevil. So there's a guy named Frank who's shooting people. That guy's crazy. And then Matt's old flamer Electra just shows up from out of nowhere. Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. Oh, there's no Robin. What happened to Robin? We killed Well, we switched him. We've done an old switcheroo on you <laughs> listeners. Ninja's got we him. We switched to Robin and we got... What did we get in return? Uh, we got a Moira down at the old uh, switcheroo market. <laughs> Say hi, Moira. Hi there. Wow, so I'm worth one Robin. Good to know. (laughs) I also had to give them uh, 12 um, watermelons and a batch of cookies that I made or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And my cat. Aww. (laughs) For one Moira. (laughs) That's the worth of a Moira. (laughs) Well, we thought this episode is so full of medical talk that we need a medical Moira to come on and explain all the medical talk in this episode. <laughs> explain how they use the Drano. 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god, we'll be challenging. <laughs> uh, so I should say, obviously, you've been on the show before, so welcome back. Yay. Oh, um, and this season of Daredevil, are you watching this season as we go and you're following the podcast? Obviously, you've sent us feedback. Yes, I'm watching as we go, so I have not watched ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to confess, when I was doing a rewatch last night, I really wanted to to watch ahead, but I showed great restraint and I didn't do it. What at the end of this episode? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't to, blame I... you. Oh, so good. <laughs> we'll talk about the, my reaction to the end of this episode uh, a bit later. <laughs> there may have been a uh, whooping and hollering going. Yeah, well, I've got a bit of news for, for you this week, guys. Um, so, in the first bit, I believe, is that Civil War has now come out in North America. Is that right? I think yeah. it has. Correct. Yeah. So, I don't know if you you guys have seen it. Yeah, last night. Oh, what did you think? Without spoilers, what did you think? <laughs> I liked it a lot. I liked it better than the last Avengers movie. Me too. Yeah. I fell asleep. Yeah, I thought it was a lot stronger. <laughs> oh, Mel. Did you see Spider-Man? So boring. No, she fell asleep. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> she she fell asleep before Spider-Man and Ant-Man showed up. Whatever, I thought it was boring. Oh, I just you're like, I um, where the hell are my Defenders? I don't care about the Avengers. I'm I'm Defenders podcast, yeah. Mel. I just find, I I find Captain America still so Oh, Captain America. <laughs> oh, I can hear myself. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, I can't now. That was weird. Um, oh, but Captain America is so, so sweet. Oh, but I actually did think he was being a dick as... Iron Man was as well. It's like them both being dicks to each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in other news, Sharon Stone is apparently going to be in an upcoming Marvel movie, but we don't know which one. She's just apparently said she will be. Mm. Um, Marvel have finally said, well, Kevin Feige, head of Marvel, has said that they are committing to a standalone Black Widow movie, which is pretty mm. exciting. After all the fans were basically like, hey, where's our Black Widow movie? Mm. You know. Is she the only core member no hawkeye hasn't had a movie oh right yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> there's been an incredible hulk one but without mark ruffalo you know with edward yeah. norton i'd like to see a hawkeye movie but i'd like them to base it on um the most recent run the the matt fraction run and now that, that he has like in the comics he has a <clears throat> wife and children it's kind of a bit difficult to do a standalone movie you know with him running all over the world fighting stuff yeah with the the kids and the wife at home um so yeah, that's exciting news though. Um, the it's been confirmed that the Infinity War movies, which were at the end of Phase Three, which are so at the moment entitled Infinity War One and Infinity War Two, will be retitled. What? I'm assuming that's nearer the time, so there's going to be spoilers perhaps in the titles, maybe relating to something that happens in the movies between now and then. Hmm. I don't know. Um, Marvel has also confirmed that they are no longer catering to first-time uh, MCU viewers, meaning that they are no longer going to be so worried in movies about catering to, say, a Moira Brown <laughs> and saying, this is exactly what's happened so far. They're going to just assume that you sort of know what's been happening, which I think is a good idea because it's going to be hard for them to put otherwise the whole film's going to be exposition every time isn't it pretty much at this stage there's been so much that's going on mm. yes besides i'm rapidly catching up so it's fine <laughs> yeah uh, we have indoctrinated you moira yes <laughs> um and the last bit of news the um 
the Hollywood Reporter has reported that it is unlikely that Agent Carter will be renewed. And I shed a tear because I love Agent Carter, the TV series. Um, so that's a shame. But maybe it's, I don't know, because they're doing a Punisher one instead. The finances are going there. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it looks like we'll be no Agent Carter. much Marvel stuff out. Too much. That's part of my problem with never, this. never. <laughs> too much, too much to keep track of. I, it's. I, I agree in terms of like one of the other shows that they were going to, they were developing was Marvel's Most Wanted, mm-hmm. and that hadn't started yet, and that was going to be the spin-off of Agents of Shield, starring Mockingbird and Lance Hunter from Agents of Shield. And Hollywood Reporter says that the future of that show is in doubt. Which I kind of get because I'm like I don't even think like Agents of Shield has enough story to do a show, and I'm not really a big fan of it. Let alone a spin. I don't know even know what the spin-off would be, so I kind of don't care if they don't make that show rather than you know do some really good drama like full of of characters and full of interesting stuff going on rather than spread it too thin across multiple. <laughs> that's properties. what I find they're doing, and I, that's why mm. I'm not. I'm not like Matt was like, oh, let's go see Civil War. I'm not interested in it. Like, it's just too like they're just overdoing it for me. Mm. Yeah. Oh, does that mean you're going to be uh, like, leaping out of Defenders podcast, going no more? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just like for for that, like like and again, like a new Spider-Man again. You know, like I'm just mm-hmm. sick of it. Like, stop already. Like you've done it over and over and over again. Let's stop. So you're saying as long as we don't get the origin story, I, if we see the Spider-Man origin again, oh, I'm gonna tear my eyes out. Like like the Batman origin in yeah. Batman v Superman, I was like, do we really need to see this again? We don't need really? to see any of those origins again. Know them. Yeah. Everybody knows the story by now. Come on. Yeah. Um. So can I ask you, was the plan? Do you think, or or what your understanding of the plan for um the Defenders? Was it supposed to be they're going to introduce each of our four defenders with one of their own, you know, ep- year-long episodes or series, and then have it all be one uh, entity called the Defenders? So, in other words, Jessica Jones and like all of them are they going to all end up in, on one show, or are we going to end up having four yes. different parallel shows? One show. Um, from what I understand, the original plan was that there, the original agreement was that Marvel would deliver five shows to Netflix. Right. They would be Daredevil. Jessica right. Jones, um, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, each having 13 episodes. Right. And they would then deliver eight episodes of um, The Defenders, which okay. is a of, with all four of the men. Right. So there shouldn't be four shows going on on air together. Um, right. I mean, they won't be on air together, obviously, because Netflix is a different format. I believe that season two of Daredevil was just a bonus to that because it was so big and so popular that otherwise there would have been the wait between Daredevil being the first series and then the Defenders, there would have been that wait of three other series Mm -hmm. in order to see that character again. And people were like, we want to see more of Daredevil now. So they were like, okay, we can do another series in the meantime. Um, Okay. In terms of second seasons of like Jessica Jones and everything, Mm -hmm. I think they're just bonus on top of the original agreement. Okay. Because, well, just to add on to what Mel said, it's it's just striking me that if they keep on having all this popularity and they keep on trying to mm-hmm. produce all these parallel streams of individual shows, it's just going to get overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think at some point it would be nice to see the blend, almost like an ensemble show. If you're watching, I don't know, 
the good wife and you had or I don't know ER or something you had eight million characters you're you're following it's not really that different if you have a defender's mm-hmm. got four different main characters you can keep switching up who's the the, uh, the main focus that week or whatever I mean just potentially I think that could be really interesting that's so, kind of what I hope they would do in yeah. terms of the characters of um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that like oh they can't hold their own TV series and Daredevil can but Daredevil's as a character has always been a bit of a lone wolf um, right. Whereas in in the comics, um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist team up as heroes for hire, so they could they could do like one season of each, and after the Defenders do a heroes for hire TV series, okay. and that has Mike Coulter, Finn Jones in it, um, appearances by you know Jessica Jones and and Daredevil, but is is around Luke Cage and um, Iron Fist, and therefore you've got that's one TV series, right. and um, keep it really tight. Mm-hmm. You know, and have that dynamic with those two characters as as um, co-leads bouncing off each other, which is some of the best stuff with those two characters in the comics. I think See, that would be really fun. Yeah, and, and I'm biased because I love Jessica Jones so much, so much, that I would be quite happy for her to have her own thing going on, yeah, yeah. you know, or in amalgamation with the other ones. Anyway, to be fair, I suppose it's a fluid thing. They're looking at fan reaction and they're trying to decide and gauge you know, what's going to sell and what they wish to do with their storytelling. So I suppose it'll evolve, right? And in terms of Jessica Jones as well, Jessica Jones is the newest out of, out of those four characters. And in um, with a, a like rogues gallery, like, you know, uh, villains um, that Jessica Jones has, <coughs> the only big villain she really has is Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. And they've done that story. So they might, you know, it's not like um, Batman where there's people going, oh, I need to see Batman fight this villain and this villain, and this villain. Um, they might decide they don't want to do a second season. They don't really have an idea for it or anything mm-hmm. for the second season. Even though they they set up stuff in at the end of season one, they can tie into a um, a, a Heroes for Hire series um, mm-hmm. without going into too many spoilers from the comics. But um, you know that's a possibility. I think that there's definitely ways they could um, like refine it from having for mm-hmm. series for characters where they could have them in the same series and then it would mean they can introduce other characters like this Punisher series and maybe do the one that I've always wanted for ages and ages which is a Moon Knight series which I think <laughs> would be really great um, but we'll just have to see I think like you said they're changing the plan as they go mm. um, which is a, probably a good way to do it they're not being too rigid in their in their plans Yeah, because you know they don't know how, how popular some certain characters will be some you know the first two seasons have been really popular but we might have luke cage and it might bomb we we don't know um i don't exactly. think it will because <laughs> it's luke cage popular in Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah and he's so pretty yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's so pretty yes exactly <laughs> oh so that is your news for the week anyway so now it's time to get into this week's episode which is episode eight guilty as sin um written by Whit Anderson and directed by Michael Uppendahl. So we start off the episode straight where the last one uh, finished with um, Matt and Electra standing at the pit and uh, they get attacked by ninjas and Electra gets injured. But then Stick shows up to rescue them both. And we know how long it took the torch to land now because it took a week because Matt dropped it last <laughs> week and it's just landed. <laughs> That's a very big hole. <laughs> Were you guys excited to see um, uh, Stick turn up? Well, I certainly didn't expect it, but I don't have any particular affinity for him. 
Not even the way he eats an apple like an asshole while Matt and Electra are arguing. <laughs> every time, while, while he was eating that apple, I was just like, put down a cutting board. You're using <laughs> his coffee table. The second of Matt's coffee tables he's destroyed, because the first one got destroyed during their fight, which was where Matt found the little ice cream bracelet afterwards. And now he's like, oh, he's got a new coffee table, huh? Stab. <laughs> Okay, so I noticed a little comment when when they were first attacked by all the little the hand ninjas. Um, mm-hmm. Electra says to Matt because he couldn't hear their heartbeat. She says they're ha- trying to hide themselves, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, you can't mask <laughs> your heartbeat. <laughs> like I don't care what especially kind of especially while you're doing intense. Powers. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care what ninja magical you know regenerative powers you have you can't hide your heartbeat i just i'm not buying that so come this on this is why is i wish magic, that like is there magic in I, this show i really wish these shows there was a commentary and it was just like moira popping up in the corner <laughs> go actually going oh medical no, fact yeah no fucking way <laughs> like those, those, uh, you know those music videos with the pop-up videos with the little bubbles yeah. i feel like that every little face going ah, i don't think so Mm-hmm. It made me laugh as well because he's like, I can't hear them. They're even masking their heartbeats. And I was like, but the audience can hear them because they're running around. You can hear them going. Shoo, shoo, shoo. I was like, I can hear them and I'm deaf. Oh, oh, that was funny. <laughs> I like the idea of him following the swords, though, because like, but then I was like, well, if the swords are making noise swishing through the air, surely their bodies are as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in their silks and stuff. Well, I wondered if they were trying to uh, to let us understand that the hand really does have certain sort of almost magical abilities. Like, is that what that's a nod to? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But... I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But fine. They, they talk a bit later that they found, like, yes. immortality. Yes. So. so I thought, fine, I'll suspend my disbelief, because apparently that's what you do. <laughs> S-O-D. S-O-D. <laughs> yeah. um, and Matt it totally gets Electra <laughs> slashed, because... She's going to kill this guy, and obviously she shouldn't really, but he's like, no, stop. And she's like, what? Ah. Like, across the stomach. So it's kind of his fault. It's always and then Stick fault. turns up to Everything be badass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, he's so, oh, there was a bit later in this episode. He's such an asshole. I actually yelled at him on screen because yeah. he really annoyed me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Stick shows up to save the day. I wrote my notes. I'd forgotten how ripped Scott Glenn is for an older gentleman. I was like, is oh, my he? God, his arms. How can his you tell? arms. Because they're all veiny and ripped. I was like, wow. Wasn't he wearing, like, a big military coat? Oh, not in this bit. I mean, like, in the whole episode. Later on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have, he's, he's lean, isn't he? He doesn't have a lot of fat. Yeah. Like, he's not bulky, yeah. but he's just lean. Um, lean, mean fighting machine. I actually was kind of happy to see him again. Not because I love the character so much, but just because I feel like... Um, there's all these loose ends kind of from mm-hmm. season one. We'll get more on that later, but um, it is, it's fun to see them start to to reappear. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then we get credits. After credits, Stick, Matt, Electra, and this driver guy who we don't know who he is, are speeding away in a car from Dick Tracy. That's what it looked like. <laughs> so I was like, this is like an old car. Um, driver guy who's willing to wait for like probably days just on yes, the yes, yes I thought that too or he has telepathy and he knows because he magically appears later when Stick stalks out of Matt's apartment right he's right the there stickmobile away he's always always present pretty much I like that when there's some bits where there's stunts going on in the car 
like where, on the car, sorry, where there's the ninja on the hood and the car's like weaving back and forth. You can mm-hmm. actually see the actors in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think was CGI. It was, you know, because usually you'd have it really dark in the car. You couldn't really see what's going on in the car. So it could be anyone, but you could see that it was those actual actors. That was cool. So it wasn't, they weren't doing this on a green screen? Or was this actually on the street? Um, I I, don't, I have no idea. I, I might. Um, I was thinking I might message Chris Brewster and ask him. Yeah. I mean, it looked like happening. it could be really for real on the street. It's hard to say, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought. it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was very, very impressed. I'm going to make a little note to ask him. Okay. Um, I like that Stick is shooting his crossbow behind him without even turning. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty badass. Matt catches an arrow. Yeah, that was cool. I still don't understand Stick. He's got, like, he seems to have good enough senses that he can match Daredevil and mm-hmm. sense these things and hit these people and fight. And then later on, he's like, use your hearing to listen for her heartbeat. Like, I should- know. I had the same thought, Matt. Like, should- why can't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um, I think Stick has trained himself. To, I think what they say in the show is Stick has trained himself to have heightened senses. Matt's heightened senses came from his accident. Yeah, but aren't they? They're good and then he's trained themselves in since. So I think maybe they're better than his, than Stick's, is what they're saying in the show. It's oh, not okay. what I necessarily would think, but that seemed to be what they're hinting at. And you we know Stick has amazing uh, mm-hmm. uh, taste buds from the ice cream scene in the first series where he's like, yeah, this <laughs> oh, has the right. milk from cows from 12 <laughs> dairies. It's like, what? Oh, How do you know that? God. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the next scene, they arrive at Matt's place with Electra and Stick treats her, her, her poisoned wound because she's been poisoned. And then he reveals bah, 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 that he knows Electra. Okay, Moira, please use your medical knowledge to tell us how you can treat a poisoned ninja wound with baking soda, toilet bowl cleaner, whiskey pliers, and black cheese. <laughs> so, best as I can figure. Okay, and, and aside first, did you notice when she was lying on the couch before Matt picked her up, she had the little the little twirly black veins of death running up the yes. side of her face? It was right out of Angel and Buffy. Like I, was, I wanted to say to you, how many times have you dealt with people who have been poisoned, Moira, and they have... The black oh, twirly veins yeah, of death going sure. up their face. Yeah, that's a known medical sign. Not. <laughs> oh, but it was cute because it made me think of Angel and Buffy, so I kind of liked it. Aww. Anyway, best as I can figure, I think he was trying to say there's some sort of poisonous acidic substance, so he's using the baking soda to counteract the acid. Like, oh, that's such bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why did he stick the pliers in her? Okay, the whiskey the is just to sterilize the wound. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. But... Really, there wasn't much magical about what he did. He really just reaches the pliers in, pulls. It looks like he pulled out a blade. Is that what he did? Like, was there something I inside? He just opened the thought, wind up. Yeah, I thought, like, like, what was he doing? I, I thought he was like digging a hole in her so he could just dump the stuff in. Yeah, it made no sense. I thought you're going in there and you're just, you know, using that plier as a blunt dissection tool. And I'm looking at where he's doing this. I'm like, okay, you're close to her aorta, her liver, all kinds of important things. Like, what are you doing, Stick? <laughs> so, yeah, no. And the other thing that cracked me up about that scene, when he says to Matt, and I need clean sheets, did you see what he brought? Like, those look like they were burlap, practically. I don't know what those <laughs> sheets were. Made of. But they I just got these from the bomb. Exactly. And he rips them open, he tucks them, and I thought, seriously, you couldn't just put an actual dressing? You couldn't go to the pharmacy nearby and just get 
get some actual sterile dressings to what put on that. There's with? no way Matt doesn't have a first aid kit. Come I, on. I know. <laughs> no kidding. So it was it was very amusing. And then the other funny thing was, did you notice when he wrapped the first sheet on on her tummy? It's like okay, blood oozed through or something. But I almost thought it was trying to show us that this black poison stuff was still being sucked out of the wound. Like it was weird. It's almost like yeah, no, it's almost like he was that. putting it there so that the towels or the sheets would absorb the poison. Yeah. Yeah, did you see it the same way? Matt? Yeah, no. yeah, that's what I thought. That's, that's what I thought too. It was yeah. odd. I I didn't understand why he like <laughs> shoved the pliers in her because it looked like she got I, sliced. So I'm the knife sure would be in there. He was trying to open the wound up even more. So. It made oh. no sense to me because because at one point I actually rewatched it and then I thought when he yanked them out, I swear to God, I thought he pulled a, like a um that there was a blade at right angles to the plier, like he'd grabbed a blade and taken it out of her. Oh, maybe. I, had, I, I thought, am I seeing things? So I, thought, I, I have no idea what he was doing. I'm going to have to check it out with the uh, the audio description for the episode, see if that says. We had it on, didn't we? Didn't yeah, it did didn't say, it didn't say anything, though. Okay, then I'm just seeing mm. things. I don't know. I just thought it was, I couldn't understand the pliers. I agree with you guys. It made no sense whatsoever. Well, the rest of it didn't make much sense either. So. <laughs> if you look at I, the, I think it, it made sense for Matt to roll his eyes once uh, <laughs> Stick is drinking the tea that he had Matt running around making. Oh, He's like, make and, the goddamn tea! <laughs> and, you, you know, we, I'm sure we all we all saw that coming. Like You just knew the tea yeah. was for Stick. Yeah. We all thought of Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason though when he said let do this make this concoction for me i thought for sure he was just gonna like throw it out the window or something okay now <laughs> let's sit and wait like what's this used for <laughs> and the other really funny thing that just killed me was okay matt is about to pick her up to bring her to the bed and he says out loud one Two, three. Okay, just so you understand, you only jump down when you're lifting a patient when you're doing it as a team. Like it's to signal the other person when to lift, okay? I just started to laugh and go, oh my god, Matt. <laughs> Do you really have to count down to yourself? Oh god. Maybe so that she could be ready to expect the oh, pain. Yeah, maybe. That's what Did I thought. Yeah, because that's true. If you help people stand up, sometimes you say that. But it's normally when, like, you're helping them to stand and they have to use their muscles. You know what I mean? Exactly. Anyway, I just, I just thought it was funny. That's funny. <laughs> has, nur- has Nurse Claire on, on any of these shows ever done anything medically questionable that you can remember? I don't remember. Off the top of my head, I don't... Yeah, I don't think so. That's what about when she stuck a needle through uh, Luke Cage's eye, eye duct? Yeah, that was ridiculous. Tear ducts to yeah, go sure. into his brain. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> But <laughs> well, she couldn't get through his skin. So. Well, the fact she yeah. was even trying to do that is—I mean—that's the whole thing where they do stuff on TV that in real life should have killed him. But fine, <laughs> let's just keep going because it's the cage, right? Yeah. Um, I did like Matt kind of being frantic for Electra. I thought it was sweet. I was like, oh. And then he like starts saying the Lord's prayer, and six just like eh, whatever. <laughs> Let me throw some baking soda in her wound instead. <laughs> so. Um, also, we need to talk about the fact that Stick always has the worst way of delivering news to Matt. You know, like in last season where he just went, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I killed that kid like half an hour ago. It's like, what? And in this bit, he's like, oh, I didn't tell you that we knew each other. No, Gosh. you asshole. I think I was getting uh, the Electra movie mixed up with this because he, oh, really? Electra- he, he showed up in the Electra movie, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Played by Terrence Stamp. I was like, I remember a scene with them interacting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they uh, like she goes and trains with him in the movie. Mm. Yeah, but not in this. I mean, I kind of predicted this to like as soon as he appeared, I was like, oh, I bet. You know, I didn't I didn't know if Sick would be in this series or not. I was really excited to see him, but I was like, oh yeah, he's totally going to know Electra already, just you know, because of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that their nick like their names that Stick calls them are Ellie and Matty. I was like, oh, that's so cute. It was funny. Um, so Karen and Foggy are in the courthouse, and Karen's wondering where Matt is, and that's when uh, certain little person, Mr. <laughs> Colonel Ray, Schoonover, I can't say his name, Schoonover, is called to witness stand as the character witness. Yay. And I wrote my notes, oh, hi, Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Were you guys exciting? Were you, like, you know... Singing and dancing with joy to see to see our, our lovely Clancy Brown. Yes, I was, I was thinking excited. carnival music in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aww. I was trying not to think carnival music because he was creepy. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know. There's a point where he's testifying when he's he's getting very serious, and I look at his eyes and I kept thinking, oh my god, they're black. They're black eyes. Just oh. like <laughs> <laughs> he gets shark eyes. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. No. I should uh, I should clarify for the audience who may not be aware. Um, the first podcast I ever did was with Matt and Mel, and it was on the TV show Carnival on HBO, of which uh, Clancy Brown was sort of the main mm-hmm. antagonist, and Moira guested on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, it was uh, so it's always exciting to see Clancy Brown. I tried to to not not uh, reveal that it was Clancy Brown too much for you guys. In fact, I think you lied last week. I'm pretty sure you I, lied. I did no. outline last week. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and as soon as I, like, I yeah, saw him when I watched, I thought Claire just lied outright to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Yep, yep. she's devious, guys. She's devious. I'm lying right now. <laughs> that was the funny part because I was like, oh, it was actually... <laughs> she expected what she said. <laughs> I don't remember what you said. Uh, she said, like, oh, Clancy Brown might show up. Her, her, her. She's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, Clancy Brown should be cast in everything. He's like one of those <gasps> actors. You're like like him and William Fickner and Ron Perlman. They just need to be in everything. Lance Henriksen. It's so good. Lance Henriksen, yeah. And, and Matt, I'm siding with you on this about the whole trial stuff. I really have been enjoying these courtroom scenes. Like, yeah. they're really quite quite riveting. Mm. So it's been fun. fun. Yeah. ruins it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It shows another side to Foggy as well, because Foggy does a really good job. And he, he's obviously questioning himself of how well he can do it. And we get that scene later where Karen sort of says to him, you know, you can do this just as as well as as matt can and it's like it's true he's just as good of a lawyer as matt is um and i like seeing foggy get to be good at his job rather than like i think i mentioned when we did the daredevil movie there's in the director's cut there's the scene where matt doesn't turn up to court because he's at the funeral and foggy's just like bumbling around like a clown like oh i don't know what to do this is in braille and it's like no he's a he's a competent lawyer in his own right and i like that we get that in the show He's gotta yeah. be good at something. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Otherwise, why is he there? Yeah, no, I actually yeah. do. I agree. I like him in the courtroom. He's <laughs> actually way more likable there than uh, in any other setting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I don't know how I feel about the fact that they're like, oh yeah, Frank, he's a proper hero. He killed all 32 people by himself. I'm like, he still killed 32 people. That's really sad. <laughs> yeah. When, when they're talking about the war. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the mentality, though. I know, yeah. but I was like, oh, 
Um, and then Reyes, I wrote in my notes, Reyes um, attempts to argue with Colonel Clancy and gets bitch slapped by Colonel Clancy's prosthetic <laughs> arm, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> because he's just like, yeah, that person, that was me, bitch. Look, I lost my arm. <laughs> and I noticed they did such a good job with the when they were directing um, him being sworn in. I went back and looked mm-hmm. again because you really don't notice it's a prosthetic arm. It, like it's, yeah. it's there. I didn't see it ever. But you, you, yeah, yeah. Well, when he sits down, there's just one little split second where you he kind of holds that arm, but you really don't notice it the first time. And if you yeah, go back, you're, unless you're looking for it, exactly. But yeah. when I went back and looked for it, I'm like, oh yeah, there mm. you go. So it, yeah. it almost struck me though, as if they told him in advance, oh, don't say it was you until they question you. Like it almost it was too perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I just wanted him to like wink and go, Loki. <laughs> <Yeah>. Audience <laughs> enjoyed it, but it was way too perfect. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was funny. It it felt like something out of like uh, I don't know, a bit soap opera, but I loved it just because I just love him being like that man. I mean, it was like the end of um, oh god, you know, Eminem song Stad. It's like oh, it was me. <laughs> it was you. It was like that. And I just love her. I was like oh, it's so great. Yeah. Loved it. And she's um, and she's so unlikable. It's really fun to watch her be made to look a fool. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She does a great job at being really oh, unlikable in this. Yeah. yeah. And even like Blake Blake Tower, who I love, even he's like, uh, yeah, you kind of missed that. Or, <laughs> you know, to her. Which is and she's like, it was redacted. How could I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So back in Matt's apartment, Electra is slowly recovering. And this is where Matt questions Stick um, regarding Electra. And then we hear about the war that, uh, that uh, Stick has mentioned before. And we find out that Electra works for Stick. It's pretty funny, Matt. So, we get really into mythology here. Oh, sorry, Matt, go on. Matt's always like, I don't believe you about this war, and then he should have been like, well, who was that army of ninjas then? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and he's like I don't, it's a fairy tale. I'm like, but you're, you're a Catholic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're a guy who dresses as a devil and runs around New York. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? Who has magical senses. Yeah. Like. What I found interesting about that whole fairy tale um it's a couple things one because he mentions black sky as a weapon but that nobody's ever activated and doesn't really know what it can do and that's what that kid in the crate was last time right last Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so so again i like these callbacks to what happened before in my little my little brain doesn't love it doesn't like to have all these loose ends so i love it when they start to tie them up a little bit um i feel less frayed <laughs> so but i imagine your little brain like like you know a shoelace when the end gets all frayed that's what it's like and yeah. now we're sealing it back up but the other one is he talks about the chase and he talks about this kid who you know kicked ass and killed everybody and matt maddie's like oh yeah i suppose that was you and my brain's going okay wait a minute is he honestly trying to tell us that that's supposed to be his origin story? And if that's the case, how old is Stick? <laughs> I I took it as it's he's not literally saying that's him. He's okay. Matt's kind of being like, oh, and I suppose it's you, you know, in this story, you're the good guy. These are the bad guys, blah, blah, fairy tale. Kind of that kind of thing. Not literally saying it is. However, I will say in the comics, mm. when Frank Miller created this character it wasn't really a feature of, of the character then but since since uh, he appeared in the comics it's kind of been established that he's a character that after death gets reincarnated because he ends up in he ends up in a baby oh god <laughs> what uh, <laughs> what 
<laughs> yeah, the little baby. Oh, but no, no. I, I don't really like that. Like I, uh, I don't like that side of it. But in the, in um, the show, I, that's how I took it. I don't because, know how they. See, I took it. it with the way he phrased it and the way he looked at him. He kind of rolled his eyes at Maddie to say, "That's fine. You don't have to believe me." And this is why I didn't tell you because I knew you wouldn't believe me. So when you said that, I thought. No, they're really trying to tell us it's, well, as you say, it's at least the same soul. It's the same person. Yeah. I, yeah, I, anyway, maybe they'll elaborate on that later. I don't know. I can't wait to see right. Fighting Baby. <laughs> <laughs> fighting fighting baby. baby. Aww. <laughs> and he's, uh, when he's, um, he goes into, he's reborn as the baby. It's, it's in the Daredevil miniseries. Daredevil Ninja, which I wasn't that big a fan of, but it's actually a little girl baby. <laughs> I'm picturing this little tiny baby ninja ninja outfit, you know? Like, like instead of sleepers, it's a ninja outfit. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Um, we get the... I, I, I made a note that I like when he's telling the story. We don't get any sort of cheesy-looking flashbacks, because I was like, well, I don't want to see that. But we just get noise in the background of, like, swords... <laughs> Mm-hmm. and drums and I thought that was well done it wasn't too over the top if they'd done it a bit more I'd have been like oh come on you know but I liked that it, they kept it quite yeah um, you know elegant yeah elegant yes and they let us use our own imagination instead of having to you know mm-hmm. spell it out for us and we find out as well that they found the secret of immortality here as well yep yep wonder if that will come back <laughs> 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 Winks at all the listeners. Ding. <laughs> Here's my wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get here as well the official mention of the hand. Uh, the hand versus the chaste. So the hand, as I've mentioned before, I think, were named... Uh, well, they were named the hand, but when uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were invented, that's why the ninjas in that are called the foot. Because um, it was a take on Daredevil. I don't know if Yam- Yamanote is... Or- is it Yam, Yami or Yamanote? I don't think that's yeah, an actual Y-A-M-I-N-O-T-E. word. Y-A-M-I-N-O-T-E. I don't know. I didn't, yeah. Because hand is just te. So I don't know what the Yamano part is. It must mean something <laughs> like the hand that maybe, I don't know, something. I will say, I'm just going to mention, yesterday at my work, I was wearing my Asano Robotics t-shirt. Uh, my little vest top that says Asano Robotics in uh, in Japanese, and this guy totally read it and was like, "Oh, is that a company you worked for?" And I really wanted to say, "Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> this fictional <laughs> evil ninja company." <laughs> you said Yama he's the only person that's that's read it. You mean you you said Yama means mountain, Matt? Yeah, but I don't know if this is Yama or Yami. Yami. I think is it's it, Yama. There is a a thing that says, "What does Yamanote mean?" Netflix Daredevil Netflix trivia. Mm. But uh, and there's a yummy. Oh, it's yummy. No tea. Te. It's broken down as here. Te. Yeah, yummy. No te. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. Shinkoda, if you're listening, please tell us. I think they made it up. There's a, there's a <laughs> character uh, called Yama, which is like God of Death or something. So yeah. I thought maybe that. So it could be like Death is. Hand. Maybe. Well, no. This is this is yummy. No te. So it's not, yeah. not yama. Mm. So what, oh, let's see what let's see what yummy means. <laughs> if anyone listening knows, please tell us because we don't know. Um, they also say, which is a bit, oh, you know. Wait. What? what, what? Y- yummy is the word darkness, and Ooh. no, yeah. no usually connects two words. So 
Yami no te would Matt's be. Matt's been studying Japanese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yami no te would be the hand of darkness, basically. Oh, nice. Ooh, Yami is also a Tibetan death goddess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Know. So it's fitting, fitting in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hand of darkness. Cool. Da 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 da. Da da da. <laughs> so back in the courtroom, we get some information on Frank's shooting. Um, Foggy is basically trying to argue that it was an execution um, and which, because of where he was shot, uh, it meant that he has uh, sympathetic storming, which I'd never heard of. Okay, boo! Sort of I'm raising my hand now with a giant bubble. fight and flight? Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had to look that up because when the, medic, when the expert witness is trying to use that as his explanation about why Frank is sort of out of control, I'm thinking, yeah. this is not sounding right to me. So I look it up. All right, sympathetic storming is the real thing. But it happens in severely brain-injured people. So if you can picture somebody lying in an intensive care unit in a coma, not really responding and, and just kind of in their little bed, and what they, what they do is the, it's a response to stress. It really is. And you pump out all this adrenaline. So, yes, your heart rate goes up, your, eyes, your pupils dilate, you get sweaty, your blood pressure goes up. And patients do something called posturing, which is where their limbs all start to move of their own accord, kind of turning and twisting. And it comes in these fits, and it can go on for half an hour, on average, sometimes for hours, and it happens repeatedly in the course of a day. But just so we're clear, these are unconscious patients, okay? (laughs) These are not people walking around in the world, functioning, making themselves a latte, and then suddenly turning into raging monsters. So I'm listening to this entire, you know, argument and going, this this part of the story really is a fairy tale. Mm. It's not a good argument either to say... (laughs) Oh, it's, I mean, like, when this, this story started, when I saw the, the series the first time, I was like, I hope they're not actually saying the reason the Punisher is the Punisher is because of brain damage, you know? Because ah. that's not the reason in the comics. I was like, they better not be going down this route, because it kind of, I just felt like it was a bit of a cop-out. Like, he is who he is for m- many reasons. It's, you know, it's just, a, he's a guy who snapped. Um, right. You know, and he, to a degree, like we've said, he does have PTSD. It's just not about the war. Um, it's, right. You know, there's there's lots of different factors and and things. Rather than, I didn't want them to just go, oh yeah, he was a good guy, and then he got shot in the head, and he became a bad guy. Oh, oh. Well, you know, it's just a bit. I don't know. Because and I'm glad they didn't yeah. go down that route. No, because yeah. he's well aware. Like he's choosing yeah. to go out and hunt these people down. It's a deliberate, premeditated act. There's no. It's not happening in a in a fit of, um, you know, sympathetic like discard. Yeah. yeah, like he, he yeah. knows what he's doing. So, I mean, it was it's an interesting argument legally to try to say you're incompetent because you're, you know, you're not in control and you're not capable of understanding your acts. And whatever, it's just amusing. But the point the point is just so you know, yeah, they made that up. Like that's, that's not, it's a, it's a real medical thing, but it's not the way they've described it at all. And I agree with you, Claire. I, I don't think that's got anything to do with who Frank Castle really is anyway. It's just a ploy. Mm-hmm. Which is what he says when he's on the stand and yells, right? He, he says basically that this is all sham and it's not real. Correct. It mm-hmm. is a sham. <laughs> what, about yeah. that, what about that x-ray? I want to know if that x-ray is p- possible to do. Like, where there's, um, like, no... There, there's no jaw. There's no lower jaw. Just, yeah. just so it'll look like the Punisher logo. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, the other thing about that x-ray is... Um, I'm like, okay, so you can see an entrance wound, but you don't see a bullet? 
So if there's no bullet oh, fragment, you could see the bullet. Could you? I, I, I was I was just looking on my I little that screen. That was the white dot on it. I thought that was the bullet. Really? Because I'm like, where's the exit one? Um, oh. Anyway, it's probably still in there. Well, because they said it shattered in different directions, right, or something. Oh okay. yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I yeah, <laughs> that was very odd. Um, whiny guy in the audience. I know he has a reason to whine, but he really annoyed me because he was like, <laughs> he was my dad. Yeah. Now he's gone. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the delivery really annoyed me. <laughs> I was like, calm down, dude. I mean, I know, I know it's horrible, but like, as in the act, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit over the top for <laughs> line delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, uh, his dad, by definition, is some kind of gang member yeah, exactly. asshole. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Your dad was not a good person. No. Frank killed him, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um,. So after Winey Guy's outburst, um, Frank talks to Karen about the outburst from the kid, and this is where Karen begs him to take the stand. Mm-hmm. And we can tell he's kind of genuinely rattled by what the kid said. Mm-hmm. You know, and Karen just keeps saying that reducing the charges is important to her because she believes he's not a monster. Maybe because if he's not a monster, she won't be either. <gasps> mm-hmm. Justice for Wesley. <laughs> Yeah. Plus, oh, that got me thinking of something um, about Karen. Okay, so yeah, we know she killed Wesley, right? Okay, and um, but there's always been this issue about her background and whatever it was that, um, oh, you know, Ben, our favorite reporter, uh, that he knew about her, mm-hmm. that they never revealed. So I'm just saying, as an aside, I'm really hoping at some point we get to find out what Karen's actual deep dark secret is from her past. Like, did she kill her brother or something? Like, what? What the hell? I just. I would like Maybe. to know what her deep dark. Well, she, as I said, she doesn't have a brother in the comics, so mm. I I don't know. Well, I just I could I could tell you if we find out by the end of the series, but I might be lying, but I might not be. <laughs> so I won't tell you. Because I just want to. I want to know. I just want. To... <laughs> um. So Karen tells Foggy that Frank has agreed to take the stand, and Foggy still doesn't understand why they're doing this case. And why they're helping Frank, because this was all Matt's idea, and obviously Matt's run off and vanished. Um, so Karen's going to go and get Matt, because Foggy basically says that Matt has to do the questioning. Uh, wow. I noticed that uh, Karen's blue blouse really makes her blue eyes stand out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, like he says later, it's because the only person who's heard Frank's story in any genuine emotional sympathetic way is Matt with um, or to a little bit Karen but you know from when they were sitting in the graveyard and mm-hmm. Frank kind of explains it all to Matt he's the only one that's heard it so he'll know what buttons to push I guess to although did Foggy know that Matt knew that? Frank. That's the part I was lost I on. think Matt must have told him, him but we're we assuming. don't see it on camera Yeah. Okay. alright that was my assumption yeah, yeah. Um, we don't see it, but from that line, that's what I kind of took, that, oh, they must mm-hmm. have chatted about this then at some point. Um, which I would have liked, I don't know, I would have liked to have seen that scene, but... And Karen says Foggy can uh, question Frank just as good as Matt can, and I was like, oh, yeah. Foggy's super loyal. Yeah. So Karen is going to go and get Matt, and we're like, oh, that's not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Matt checks on Electra and confronts her about lying to him, and then he encourages her to leave Stick and be with him forever and ever. And then Karen turns up and things get awkward. Which they would if you found Elodie Young 
in, in your voice okay. instead of naked. Can I say the problem I have with this? <laughs> Go for it. <sighs> so the feedback that you didn't hear last week that I sent <laughs> basically yeah, the ranted. The feedback we're going to play later. Well, play later, where, I, where I rant <laughs> about what an asshole Matt's being and how, you know, he and Electra are uh, whatever, that I don't like them together. But here's here's my issue currently, which is she hasn't been in his life for, what, a decade or something? Like, it's a long time, mm-hmm. right, since college. And we're, and he sell, don't get me wrong, the acting is very good, and he sells it that he has this, this link to her or this moment of huge emotional angst when she's wounded, when he's, what did he say? He feels hollow inside or something when he thinks he's going to yeah. lose her. Fine, it's acted all very well, but I just don't know if I believe it. That's mm-hmm. my problem, because, I don't know, if that were... True. I just I don't know. Am I making any sense? I, I just, the I same just thing. it's just because he's like he just a few episodes ago he was like I want you out of my life. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, leave. Don't come back. Why are you here? Bug-, bug off. And that's been my whole issue all along. Why do you keep helping her? I mean, whatever. Maybe we're supposed to believe that underneath it all, you know, the whole love hate are two sides of the same coin. Like maybe we're mm-hmm. supposed to believe that's why he didn't just send her away because on some level he is completely entranced by her that she has bewitched him. I don't know. Whatever. Um, or he's he's in her she's in his blood and he can't get her out. I don't know, but I just don't know if I completely buy it. On the other hand, on the other hand, I do like how they fight together and I do like sort of their chemistry together. So you know, I'll roll with it. But it just seemed a bit funny that he's so emotional about this person that he was evidently hating two two episodes ago. <laughs> there, that's fine. I think he'd be even more. I don't know, angry with her now as well because. Oh. To, to know the whole, thing was, him the, whole way. She, yeah. the whole thing was a setup and that from the beginning he was a mission. You'd think that would just break his heart right there. Yeah, yeah. because he's been betrayed by a lot of, like, he, well, not betrayed, but he's been rejected a lot. Like, he's he's felt rejected um, by his mother because his mother, you know, left. So mm-hmm. that would obviously give him, um, you know, some kind of issues with that early on. Um, he was rejected by Stick. Yes. Um, you know, and so there, there must be some pain there regarding that. And um, I would, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you that I think he's, I mean, I think he's a complete arse in this episode. I really oh, do. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what I said with um, uh, when we spoke about Six Feet Under on Fishercast, the fact that it's a character that I regularly I'm like oh you're such an arsehole um actually makes me kind of like one of the reasons I like the character because it feels very real that this is a character who acts like a complete arse and is not just a true blue hero I think it makes a character that's heroic it makes their choices more interesting and the same thing with like a character like Frank Castle which is why I like their clashing ideologies i guess i think it's um explored much better than say civil war or uh, batman v superman but then they have 13 hours to do it rather than just a two-hour movie yeah. and the other thing is even karen because in my rant that you may hear later <laughs> i <laughs> i was very much on the side of saying you know matt's being an asshole but it struck me afterward i thought well wait a minute you know karen's got her secrets whatever again like i said whatever this secret is about her past that she doesn't want people to know and so it's not as if she went into her courtship with matt open and honest either which i'd kind of Mm -hmm. forgotten about and i thought you know yeah all the chickens come home true so she's looking like the injured party here the end and of course matt's lying to her about being daredevil blah 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 like you know obviously he's lying but really so is she like 
And you're right. And the point, my point is, is that that does make everything more interesting. It's not a cookie cutter, simple, you know, heroic uh, love interest. And that's kind of mm-hmm. neat. But I just don't know if I want really Electra to be his love interest. Um, also because of how the episodes ends or toward the end of it, where we see sort of her true colors. And I keep wondering, what is she really like when I mean, I'm skipping ahead a bit. But when Six says, wait till he finds out what you are. And I'm, I'm like, OK, what is she? Is there something mystical? Is she demon spawn? Like, what exactly <laughs> is she? I don't get it. She's a Capricorn. <laughs> no! <laughs> She's a Muslim. <gasps> no! We have a new Muslim uh, mayor of London, by the way. Hooray! I know. Awesome. I know. That's pretty- Yay, Boris is gone. Hooray! Yeah. Matt, Matt, his religion is so weird, though, because, like, has he ever addressed why he he's not okay with killing, but he is okay with sex before marriage? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I think he just sees, Didn't he? like, Didn't well, killing no. as the ultimate sin, but the rest of it, he's a bit like, eh, whatever. Oh. Right, you, you can make yourself a virgin again if you so choose. <laughs> <laughs> Virginity, activate! <laughs> it's one of his powers that he got when he was hit by that truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stick trained Electra but wanted Matt back. And Electra promised Stick that she wouldn't fall in love with Matt, but she did. Uh, and Stick is listening in the other room and eating a, cutting an apple and eating it like an arsehole. <laughs> Whenever anyone cuts an apple or eats an apple now in a movie, I just think of like cinema sins where they're like, yeah, this, this guy, like it's, it's the shortcut to show that someone's an arsehole is them eating an apple. The only way it's okay is if uh, you have, you've got like uh, caramel to dip the slices into. <laughs> oh, oh, that sounds mm. so good. <laughs> Yum. Um, I I thought that um, Elodie Young was really beautiful in this scene without the makeup. Yeah, she looked very vulnerable. She was mm-hmm. so pretty. Yeah. All that yeah. blood. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that makes her so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> also, Matt has a painting above his bed, so I'm guessing he did like invest in getting some art to impress <laughs> the ladies after he said so in the first season. Well, I'm pretty sure that wasn't there in the first season. I don't think it was, anyway. It's funny you say that, because for some reason in this episode, I was really noticing how barren his apartment is. <laughs> yeah. Decor. Uh, yeah. His, like, his, like, kitchen unit is just made of, like, plyboard. <laughs> yeah, and the sliding so wall sad. in his bedroom, it's just sort of, yeah, it's sort of cobbled together. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Um, so, yeah, Karen appears and mm. is, you know... And things are awkward because there's this uh, old blind dude eating an apple in the apartment. No explanation. And Matt is dressed all in black like a ninja and looking after Electra. I still don't understand why she thought that, like, just because she's in your bed doesn't mean necessarily, like, she was obviously injured to me. And just for the fact that Stick was there, you know, like... Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't, I know she doesn't know what's going on, and I know Matt lied to her, but that doesn't mean that he's sleeping with Electra, you know? Like I think that's, like, when she that. says later, she's like, I don't know if you're sleeping with all these women, or mm-hmm. you're in a fight club, or whatever. I think it's not so much that the, there's the woman there, but it's just she has no idea who this guy is. Yeah. And it's it's upsetting her, and the fact that they're doing this important case that was Matt's idea in the first place. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. that, you know, he, he and Karen helped convince Foggy and they, she has no idea what's going on with him. I think that's what kind of upsets her. Yeah, and I think she's seeing him as just being incredibly selfish. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a you know she's hurt and disappointed by him. Mm-hmm. Plus, I guess she's yeah. not really involved in his life at all. Right. You know she's she should be because they're kind of going out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, she has no idea yeah. what he does in his private life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, he does electro. He does. I didn't like how he jumped. Like as soon as Karen was like, "This is over," he was like, "Electro, I love you." Wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Matt Murdock. Mm. He's a he's a player. player. He's a dick. <laughs> he's a dick. Matt Murdock. He's a dick. <laughs> um, so in the next scene, uh, Matt actually turns up to court. Um, both Foggy and Karen are pretty frosty with him, and he questions Frank on the stand, but it doesn't go as planned. Uh-uh. And I have to say, first thing I put on the Facebook group that I noticed a little detail in this episode that I couldn't stop laughing at, and I don't know why it tickled me so much, but it really did. And that was, we see all these people in the um, in the court that have signs mm-hmm. um, saying different things. So some of the signs say, Frank is a murderer. Frank should die. Huh. One says, free Frank. One says, punish. One says, don't punish. And, <laughs> and then there was one, and it made me laugh so much, which said, Frank for mayor. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Someone got into court with a Frank for mayor sign. I was just like, they're like, yeah, this guy who's on the stand for killing thirty-seven people. I wouldn't Frank, think people Frank with signs. I wouldn't think people with signs like that would be able to come in. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought either, particularly with that one, because <laughs> that person is either just doing a joke or is like a complete sociopath. <laughs> but I love it. I love it so much. It made me laugh so hard. I was just like. But yeah, it'd be like a, it, it's almost like they invited a circus in there. Yeah, I just I like the, I just like to imagine they put that in there as like a little Easter egg because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so dumb, but oh, I love it. So this is the moment where I yelled at at Foggy, uh, at Foggy and Matt because he's such an arsehole because he turns up and says to Foggy, "Yeah, you wanted me here." Ugh. I was like, "It's because it's your freaking case, yeah. you arsehole." Yeah. Well, he did tell him to not not show up last time, but. But it's yeah, yeah. I like how I like how Foggy's like Frank looks better in a suit than I do. And, he looks like <laughs> and I was like, we'll just cut your hair and you'll be yes. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I mean, like Frank, all beaten up and everything, without a tie, he does look really good in that suit. Gonna say it. He wears that suit well. He should kill people in a suit from now on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He'll be oh. the 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 punishing gentleman. Plus, I have to give a nod to the makeup people who've been doing Frank's bruises. Because, mm-hmm. because no, really, because I like the way the bruises are evolving over time and fading and, oh, yeah, they and, turning, and turning greenish the way they're supposed to, the way real bruises do. I'm like, good job, makeup people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm, definitely. Um, we see the guard is acting shifty. And yeah. Frank, uh, well, Frank, Foggy, Karen, and Matt feel that something's up. What did you guys think was going on at this point when you saw shifty, shifty guard? Honestly, I had no idea what the hell he was on about. Yeah. I, mean, I understand it afterward that he meant, think about it. Do you want to be in prison or in the nut house? Like, pick one, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the time, when I watched it the first time, I'm like, what? what? Yeah, I kind of was kind of like, yeah. what are you getting at? I don't understand. So was I just slow or did, or was it, <laughs> which is possible, or 
Was it not obvious? No, I didn't get it either. Mm. I didn't get it either, because I had... I mean, we'll get to it at the end of the episode. I had no idea that Kingpin was going to show up in this series before watching it. They kept it a really good secret. There was... Because when they filmed season one, um, I remember there was an interview with Vincent D'Onofrio where they basically said, oh, you know, in future series, if you came back, in future seasons, sorry, if you came back, we could use like a bald cap rather than shave your head and all this. And he's like, well, I'm totally going to shave my head for season one, if I'm in season one, and then we'll see after that. Um, And from that, it made it sound like he wasn't going to be in future series Mm -hmm. seasons and mainly just turn up for the Defenders season. So I had no idea he was going to show up. So mm. at this point, I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, it, it did feel to me as well, watching the whole season, like binge watching it, I was like, this Punisher storyline is wrapping up very quickly. Like, how long can this court case go on in episodes? Because, um, I mean, they're on a, a losing streak, like Matt and Foggy, <laughs> because they've got no, ca- you know, yeah. they've got no case against him, really. This whole medical thing is questionable at best. He's going to end up in jail. It's just whether... He, you know, he ends up uh, in a, you know, in jail or in an institute rather right. than get the death penalty type thing. Right. He's going to end up behind bars somehow. Um, so I didn't pick up on this at all. But mm-hmm. watching, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I this guy's obviously in his pocket. I don't understand mm-hmm. what he wants with the Punisher because... Because he's a bad guy too. Wouldn't he be one of the people the Punisher would want to kill? Yeah. I don't know, Matt. I don't know at all. <laughs> Wink, wink, wink. Tee hee. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Hmm. But he obviously sent a message to. He says at the end, you know. You yeah, got my you message. got my message. But but okay. So here's my question: Is the only quote unquote message the one line that the the whatever the custodian the cop said to him in the courtroom, or are we to understand there's been other messages? I mean, I'm sure we'll find out later. I'm just saying it was very confusing. Hmm. Because the only yes. yeah the only thing I took from it was think about where you want to end up. Do you want to be in a loony bin? And he thought about it and said, I don't want to be in a loony bin. So, but I I'm not convinced he. What I'm trying to say is I don't think Frank necessarily knew that he was about to meet the kingpin at all. Mm-hmm. And from the look on his face when they took him uh, down the hallway to that uh, exercise area, I don't think he had a clue what was coming. At first, I thought yeah. they were going to let him out. I thought somebody had got him. Me in too. Because it looked yeah. like there was natural light hitting yeah. him. Yeah! Like, and they the turned off the security the cameras and everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, here, in one door or up the other. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, that was quick. Good time. Um, okay, well, here's a question. I want to see how you guys interpreted something else. So when uh, Frank is on the stand, Matt asks if he can call him Frank. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt seems to be doing his voice kind of lighter and higher than it is when he's Daredevil. Like I, I thought he was his he, his delivery was different, like the way Charlie Cox was in the voice, and I wondered if he was like disguising his voice. But when he says, "Can I call you Frank?" Frank kind of gives him a look, and I was like, "Is that recognition?" Because he kind of gives him a bit of a look, and it kind of looks like a light goes on in his head, and he's a bit like, "Aha." Did you guys notice that at all? I didn't notice it the first time, but I did the second time. I, I noticed it, but I interpret it as um, Frank thinking, oh, you're just doing courtroom theatrics. Like, you know what I mean? You're playing this whole role and you're setting up mm-hmm. that we're going to have this friendly conversation. Like, I thought it was more that, that he's observing um, Matt's legal moves, kind of. Oh, okay. But I, okay. because I, I thought of what you thought of, too. And I thought, no, I don't think it's really a look of recognition 
I think mm. Clark Kent still has his glasses on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. this, this time it kind of stood out to me as that. And I've, I don't know. Or we looked at him so, like, what's your point? It could also be that. Yeah, what, are you on about? what are you doing? What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> Matt exchanges a, a kind of look with Foggy as well, as much as Matt can. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> behind the sunglasses but when they're talking about we need heroes and yeah Matt's kind of he's kind of arguing for himself a bit here and not so much for Frank and Frank kind of turns on the whole courtroom yeah when he goes on about the city needing vigilantes I expected the judge to shut that down immediately <laughs> yeah I wanted someone to say objection there's no question here where's the question <laughs> yeah. or you want Jessica Jones to like pop up and go hell yeah <laughs> And disappear again, <laughs> or just one person to start slow clapping in the background, and then trying to be like, "Oh, maybe it's not the time." <laughs> that would be great. Yes, and then you know, something there's signs on the ground. <laughs> or, it's, yeah. or it's the opposite, and one person goes, "He killed my dad," and then another person goes, "He killed my dad," and then it's just a whole, <laughs> whole instead of slow clap, it's a slow accusation. It's <laughs> like whiners doubled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a pack of whiners. Ah. Yes. <laughs> so outside the court, Foggy confronts Matt and believes that Matt provoked Frank. Um, and I have to say a quote here. He says he he veered off into vigilante land, and I wrote in my notes. I wonder what kind of theme park vigilante land would be. Just <laughs> <laughs> a terrifying theme park. <laughs> it really would. Well, do they train you to be a vigilante or it's just patrolled by vigilantes and criminals? And they oh, oh, my God. Get back in line, buddy. No cutting <laughs> line. <laughs> oh, uh, this is where Karen as well, like, oh. loses it. And she says some words to Matt that are pretty harsh. Uh, I was like, ooh, that's a bit of a burn. I'll also, in case it's Matt good. says, and I, I didn't, I couldn't hear what he was saying. I actually had to put the... Um, the subtitles on to catch it, but he says he's being mumbly Murdoch. Yeah, mumbly Murdoch, and what he says is somebody got to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so that'll come up. Like, like you know, Matt gets it that there's more going on, and I'm sure he'll track yeah, it down. He heard the guard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I was yeah. assuming with his super hearing that he heard that, right? Yeah, he heard the guards yeah. sort of say, "Yo, like decide what you want, what you want, want, what you want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, back at Matt's apartment, uh, Stick and Electra are talking and. Electra says she wants to be with Matt rather than Stick, and Stick's like, meh, and says Matt is uh, soft, and Electra can't be with him as she can't change what she is. It almost um, sounded to me like she was saying, I don't want to sleep with you anymore, Stick. Yeah. <laughs> You're dumped. <laughs> I found a new lover. Yeah. It was a little weird. And again, she's threatening him, and the implication, obviously, is there's a much more to her than meets the eye, that she feels mm. she's more powerful than Stick is and more threatening. Even while injured. Yes, even while injured. Because she threatens him and she like, says a minute ago, I, can't, I can barely stand. Yeah. And, it's like, well, and all she does she, is thro- she throws his knapsack across the room or something, which really isn't all that threatening when it comes right down to it. <laughs> but so there's got to be way more going on with her. And since, and since, as we all know now, I'm ignorant about these characters. I'm happy to find <laughs> out later what the heck it is. But is this true to the comic book, Claire, that there's way more to her? I'm just curious. Um, yes and no. They're taking a lot of liberties with her character. Okay. Um, I will say, without going into spoilers, I, I, well, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the character of Electra in the comics. Right. I feel that she's um, 
a good supporting character. I think what they do with her in the show is very interesting, but it's better for us to go into it later episodes. Okay. Because okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Um, this episode just proved to me that she was crazy. Because she's like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> and she says, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then she threatens him to leave. Like, mm-hmm. And then, you know... And then like, she's like, you're the only one that believes I'm good, Matt. And then, oh, there's a neck I can slit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's telling you. I'm telling you, she's demon spawn. That's what we're going to find out. <laughs> I thought that that line that she said, where she says, you're the only one who, mm-hmm. who believes I'm good. The, only per- the, the line is, the only person in the world who believes I'm good. I thought that was really sad. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was such a sad line. But it's almost and like I actually she's... really felt for her in that line almost like she was trying to challenge him when she slit that throat do you still think i'm good no see i don't think no but no but no but but like she's like i know she's crazy but it's almost like like you know like like love me love me love me yeah but she's crazy or i don't quite know what i think it is but it's like it's almost like okay it's almost like a reflex and she can't help herself that's yeah, mm-hmm. almost what it seems like to me. And then she she has this look on her face when she's dropping the knife as if she suddenly realizes, oh, my God, look what I just did. Right after saying to Matt, yes, we'll try to figure out a way to work it out. Look what I've just done. I yeah. just can't. She looks at the blood on her. Yeah, okay. she, it's like she can't help herself. That's sort of how mm. I took it. Yeah. Mm. And I one of the th- things I, I wrote down here as well, only because I've mentioned it before, like I said, Matt very rarely takes his glasses off in the presence of Karen, apart from in the first episode. Mm-hmm. In a lot of episodes since, he would actually put his glasses on when she would enter the room. And then it was when they sort of got close in a previous episode, he took his glasses off. But here, when Matt sits down with the lecture, he immediately takes his glasses off. I don't know. I just feel like it's a, a, um, a conscious thing that they're doing. Like he, he takes his glasses off around people that he feels much more relaxed with. Um it shows that him and Electra have this kind of bond, whatever it is, whether it's just their past or, you know, that she knows that he's daredevil or it's their, you know, that he still loves her. I don't know. It's just, it's something I kind of notice. I'm on glasses watch. <laughs> he has glasses uh-huh. up and Karen walked in on them. Yeah. Yes. He did. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe that yeah. was a as well to yeah. her. Mm. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm not wearing my glasses. Um, Electra comments that Matt lost more than just the case on that day, and he says, "I'm not sorry because I didn't lose you." Yeah. It's like, yeah. Is, okay, but is that supposed to mean again? Maybe I'm overinterpreting. But when he she first looks at me, she said, "You lost today," and I'm thinking, "All right, it's not like she watched the news." So I'm I'm assuming she has intuitively sensed that. Is that what they're trying to show us? That she I think can, so. She yes. can tell. From Thank you. Language. And then she knows he lost Karen too. So yeah. she has magical powers, sort of. Very intuitive. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, well, she knew just how to seduce Matt when they first met, because now we know yeah. he was a mission. See, you got um, a picture. I've got a little like a like a baseball card, but with Electra on it, you know. And below, I'm putting down <laughs> like I'm ticking off her powers. I'm just trying to, <laughs> just trying to understand. you know, demon spawn, you know, intuitive, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Looks really good without makeup and yep. one has oh, is covered in blood. Lumessage yeah. is amazing. <laughs> and this is where a ninja shoots Matt through the shoulder. I love the <laughs> I love the, the, the close up on the eye, like his pupil just yes. goes really big. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. That was cool. There's the fight or flight thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Correct. I like it. Yes. Um and I I really love this fight scene. I think for a short fight scene. 
I think this one's really good. I love that Matt is fighting with an arrow through his shoulder. We actually get, like, a, I think it's like the first proper use of a katana. I was like, yes! Huh. He deflects an arrow with the bottle, the ninjas throwing throwing stars at him, and Matt yes. somersaulting through them. Oh, I loved it. It was great. And then the arrow gets lopped off, so then he can fight better. That was cool. Yeah. I know. So I love this fight scene, too. It's so funny you say that. I actually went back and watched it again, and... Um, much more than, you know, in episode two or something where uh, mm-hmm. I have the huge long hallway scene, you know, the big long take in the long hallway scene where he's taking on all the uh, the dogs, the, uh, the dogs of hell. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys, when I was listening to the podcast, you're all like, oh, that was amazing. And honestly, I was so bored by that first scene. <laughs> I was so bored. I'm like, oh, God, just get to the other goddamn hallway and get down the stairs. I'm so tired of watching you do this. But this fight scene was amazing. <laughs> And uh-huh. when he takes the mask off, he realizes it's like a little kid ninja, yeah. which is kind of sad. And then, yeah, Electra sits his throat. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, and then we get. <laughs> I noticed that when she slits the throat, we get the, a version of the Daredevil theme, but it's like a little sad version. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. So. Is he also poisoned, just like she was? Is that what's going on? I think so. That's what I took, because he kind of starts to... I mean, you saw his pupil, like, dilate, and... Mm. I hope... I think that was... I hope they remember that. I hope they remember that recipe. The baking soda, where are those damn pliers? (laughs) It'd be funny if all he remembered was the tea part. (laughs) Yeah, I was making the tea. I don't know what he did. (laughs) It's just just Electra drinking the tea and watching him die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. She's like, sticks, right? This tea is delicious. Mm." (laughs) And in the last scene, Punisher arrives at the jail and goes, is, you know, they turn the security cameras off and everything. The same guard leads him through the jail uh, to, surprise, it's Wilson Fisk. Okay, I have to say, I had no idea he was in it. When he appeared, I was cheering, I was whooping, I was crying, I was dancing, I was laughing. I was dancing. Oh, what a feeling. I was dancing on the ceiling. I was so happy. <laughs> I made me I laugh. I was so happy. It made me laugh because I was like, I don't know. Wilson Fisk, like, uh, lifting weights is just hilarious to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I, th- I didn't think, I think it was... it's just because he's so doughy looking. I didn't think Do you think he should be lifting other people, other prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yes. think it was him at first because I was like, his uh, his arms are too skinny. That can't be Wilson Fisk. And then it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. I was like, when he appeared, I was, I, and again, watching it this time, I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't realize how much I missed him from season one, you know? I was so happy. And shout fun. out to Matt A because Matt A is happy now, too. Yeah. And um, Brad was very happy because this is his favorite character. <laughs> Love it. Uh, also, uh, previous guest uh, Vicky. Vicky was very happy. Mm-hmm. She even has a little Wilson Fisk uh, Funko Pop at home because <laughs> she loves Wilson Fisk so much. <laughs> Dead oh. So that was the episode, guys. Should we have some cheap? I bet you wish those weights were like made out of foam. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes here. Hold this to the guard and just looks it at the guard. And the guard's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've only got two um, Easter eggs this week. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. They're not very exciting ones, I don't think, either. But, you know. The hand was introduced by Frank Miller in Daredevil 174 in 1981. Bam. Facts. (laughs) That was a dry, very dry Easter egg. (laughs) 
this is a very dry Easter egg as well. Colonel Schoonover appeared in the early issues of Punisher War Journal by Carl Potts and Jim Lee in 1989. Yeah, kind of dry Easter eggs this week, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I ate before I came onto the podcast. Yeah. We'll have to wash them down with some juicy quotes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the magical Moira can go first. Awesome. I love this one because it's it's between Foggy and Clancy Brown. <laughs> My fave. Uh, son of a gun cleared the entire LZ all by himself. How? By being Frank Castle. Ah, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I forgot to take quotes. I didn't take it. <gasps> I had a cat on my la- laying on my lap on top of my notebook. <laughs> which which cat was it? And then I'll decide if I let you off or not. Briscoe. Oh, that's okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Mel, this is two weeks in a row. I mean, you, <laughs> you're you in danger of a ninja coming after you. <laughs> I know. I know. Moira, they're on their way now. Don't ruin it. Oh, maybe the ninjas should maybe kill my cat instead so that I can actually <laughs> take proper notes. Oh, <laughs> Oh, look. There they come. It's the police instead. Oh, no. Yeah, whenever whenever she sits down with her notepad on her lap, this cat cat comes over, sits down on the notepad. And... He won't sit down on my lap if I don't have a notepad. <laughs> well, we do know that Briscoe is the evil cat, so he's like, you will not take any quote. Exactly. It's just part uh, of from you, that's all. Me and Moira might have to do a quote off then. Do you have any more, Moira? I, I okay, do. I, yeah, you do right. one, and I'll do okay, one. Okay, I'll do one, and then you do one. Okay. This <laughs> is from Stick. Uh, it made me laugh at the start, which is, they're still coming. Fast little shits. <laughs> All right, I got one between Stick and Maddie. So <clears throat> they found the secret. What secret? Immortality, bringing the dead back to life. Come on, Stick. I thought you were a Catholic, Maddie. Doesn't your whole belief system hinge on one guy pulling that off? <laughs> Jesus was a ninja. Imagine if Jesus was a ninja. I'm really hoping a bunch uh, show up. Zombie ninjas or something. Oh, I might draw a Jesus ninja now because that would be quite fun. He throws little cru- uh, crucifix shurikens. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> pew pew. Uh, I have quite a long one from that's Frank. Okay, I might have to have a drink before this one. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, I'm smack dab in the middle of my goddamn right mind. Any scumbag, any lowlife, any maggot piece of shit that I put down, I did it because I liked it. Hell, I loved it. You Cut. people call me the Punisher, the big bad Punisher. Well, here I am. You want it? You got it. I am the Punisher. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that was pretty cool. Uh, and I have another one from Karen. Do you want to go first, Moira? I have one more. This one's from Electra. <clears throat> There's a light inside you. I tried to snuff it out in college. I'm so lucky I failed. Oh. She was so and sweet. Then um, the Morrissey starts singing, There is a light that will never go out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one from Karen, which is, You're right, the city needs heroes. But you're not one of them. I was yeah. like, oh, burn! Yeah, I almost did that one. That was so good. That's harsh. All right, I'm out. That was it. Well, other than uh, I see you got my message, but we already said that one. Yeah. Now I've just got now I've just got Morrissey quotes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I can do more. I can do Morrissey quotes. Give us a Morrissey quote, Matt. 
some girls are bigger than others. <laughs> I was looking for a job and then I found jobs. <laughs> Wow, what a poem. Oh, I love it. This is more so fast. See, mine would be, The boy with a thorn in his side. Which is my favourite song. Because it's the one that David Tennant danced to in Blackpool. And it was adorable. Oh, okay. Um, feedback? Uh, actually, what I'm going to do, more is I might edit your feedback in from last week at the start of the episode. Is that all right? Sure. I'll do that and then we'll do it. Cool. And make fun uh, of ranting, Yes. <laughs> I have an email from Sedna. Mel, Melanie, would you like it? Okay, hang on, I'm just going to copy and paste. <laughs> There's so many caps. <laughs> so many caps. I better prepare my voice. I better I better start drinking some Vaseline. <laughs> Coat my throat. Uh, okay, hang on. I'm just copying it. Okay, Sydney's email is entitled, I'm Sedna, and I've got 27 pages of AO3 bookmarks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot what AO3 is. What's that again? It's like... Archive Fan fiction, own, that's I right. Think. That's right. I already forgot. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. There's, like, a lot of spaces in between. <laughs> oh, is there? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Still read it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Electra, no! As in, don't kill the evil ninja. She hesitates and get her, gets herself a poison katana blade in the abs. Nice job, Matt. When Stick's the only one who can save the day, you know shit's really fucked up. <laughs> Matt in DD costume without the mask. Be still, my heart. How hot does he look? self swoon <laughs> <laughs> Baking soda in the fridge, actually a great way to prevent odors, especially when you've got super sensitive nose, as well as those special occasions when you need to concoct Ninja Blade Poison Neutralizer Soup. Cup of tea for stick, I'm starting to like them. You know, that is funny, he should be, like, the bo- box of baking soda should have been bigger. He should have had, like, a costco size one. Yeah. <laughs> I find, here's my little tip for preventing odors in a fridge. Get a lemon and you scoop out the lemon and you fill the half, uh, the halvened lemon with uh, salt and then you put that in the fridge and it absorbs odors and makes your fridge smell lemony fresh. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's my my household tip for the week. (laughs) Oh, we should have one every week, Claire. (laughs) Uh, That's the only one I know. I'll try and think of some more. (laughs) Matt's praying. Oh, my heart breaks. And now a revival. Wait, I gotta start that over because it's all caps. And now a revival of the black pajamas! <laughs> Matt's fucking all his shit up, but doesn't he look gorgeous? <laughs> Man, Ninja Bollocks. Yeah, Matt doesn't believe in it either. Now we know what Electra saw in Matt! Nothing! A mission, that's all he was. Dies. Sadness <laughs> <laughs> just dies. <laughs> oh. She well, uh, she's she's in the hand. They they know about immortality. Yeah. Yes. They brought her back. <laughs> Karen, super bad time to hang around Matt. Okay. Oh no. So wait, wait. I read that wrong. Karen, super bad time to bang around to Matt. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to, bang bang to bang around to Matt, Matt, like as in knock on his door. Oh, oh. bang around. I've never heard that expression. Me neither. <laughs> Jumping to conclusions about the sick hurt woman. Resting in his bed and not even asking who's the old blind guy. What? 
<laughs> I don't know why I censored myself. I know. <laughs> I was like, what the? WTF? But yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, I need sleep. <laughs> um, okay. At last, Matt gets to do some lawyering. May I call you Frank? And then she says, longest pause. Oh. He didn't guess Matt's DDM back in episode <laughs> 5. He defo does here. Oh, how Matt's voice cracks when, I'll tell you what kind of man you are. He's clearly referring to himself. Just fuck everything up more and more and more and more. And, more. <laughs> <laughs> and then she I, just, says, I want to sit down and watch an episode of the show with Sam. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> and then she says, fuck me sideways. Now here's Matt in his lawyer suit, pierced with an arrow. Catast- and then she has a catastrophic <laughs> failure. Seriously, this. I, how are you still talking, Sedna? If you just got a catastrophic coronary failure, I'm already dead. <laughs> talking. Seriously, yeah, she's already dead too. Seriously, this is a proper depressing episode, tempered with some serious fuck, Murdoch. You are one sexy motherfucker. Just kill me now. Throw me the trash where I belong. Oh, wow. That just reminds me of Purple Rain. We just watched that on Monday and the in the trash. <laughs> anyway, just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, Jesus, holy fuck, it's Fisk! You, <laughs> you asked for fic Rex? Oh, like recommendations for uh, fanfic? Oh, no. Oh, for fic Rex. Oh, yes. You asked for fic Rex? Really? With my reputation? Seriously, though, I've had to skim around, and I can't find many that are short. 2,000 words, but these turned up today, and they're really great. Smut-free with small... No, I'd rather have smut ones. Uh, (laughs) Smut-free with... That first one is just for me, by the looks. Oh, with a... I don't know what the V means. V small spoilers. Very, very small. Oh, very small spoilers. So what she's done is she sent... Me, a spoilery, smut-free story, and she sent you guys a non-spoilery, <gasps> smut story. Should I read the smutty one? Oh, I don't know if we'll have time now. Let me just open it and see long? how long it is. That's look. It looks very short. Oh, is Nothing. it? Oh, you can read it. Then. I don't know. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait. Like, oh. Wait, it's uh, just really short. I'm going to read it. I'm is that it? it? <laughs> yeah. There's one chapter. Oh, you can read that. It has a thousand and... 1,612 words, okay. but it says there's only one chapter, which is just this, so sure, go for it. I'm going to read it. On most days, sounds were... Oh, wait, 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 what's it called? We have to... It's, uh, it's called, called Music to My Ears by Music Teo... to My Ears, yeah. Teo... Teo... Me- Teo- mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways. I love the tags, by the way. Please read the tags as well, Mel. Okay, uh, tags. Frank Castle slash Matt Murdock. Frank Castle, Matt Murdock. Misophonia, sound sensitivity. Fluff and smut. Forever fucking on rooftops. <laughs> All right. Quote. On most days, sounds were a blessing for Matt. A compass. They were a means of leading him through city streets and the quiet spaces of other people's apartments. But not now. Not today. All th- On all those other days, the days when everything was too loud and far too cacophonous, sounds were Matt's worst own worst enemy. Or... That time when Frank and Matt had sex, and Frank was too damn loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was small but beautiful uh, fanfic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
Mel, I have to tell you, I love the way you read her emails. I do as well. It's one of my highlights. I love it. I was supposed to read this. It's all over the place. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Would someone like to read Robin's? I've just posted it in the group. I'll do it. Brown. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, my voice is yeah. going. Okay. Sure, sure. Hey, this guys. This is from our, our, our deserter. This is from your, your, your previous uh, person that you've replaced, Moira, from. Ah, okay. My, yes. Mm-hmm. My predecessor. The predecessor, that's the word. That's I was the like, word. That's your previous person. <laughs> I hope Robin says what he was spoiled on, because I, I was kind of curious. I was like, is it Clancy Brown, or is it uh, Wilson Fisk? I, I think it's Wilson Fisk. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to predict, I think. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. So sad I couldn't be with you today, especially an episode that features Scott Glenn, Vincent D'Onofrio, and motherfucking Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was spoiled about the kingpin. Wait, that... not on Mother's Day, Robin. <laughs> oh, Robin. <laughs> That's what I've been talking about all this time. The fact that Stick and the King and the Kurgan? Kur- oh, the Kurgan must be the ninja? The Kurgan. Thank uh, you. No, Kurgan's uh, Clancy Brown in Highlander. Oh, thank you. Or Highlander 2, I can't remember that season's name. <laughs> I need subtitles for these. <laughs> okay, the, the fact that Stick and the Kurgan showed up in this episode made up for just getting a small tease of Fisk after the weeks I've been waiting for him to show up. The court stuff was weird and seemed to make both Foggy and Ray's act like it was their first day working a trial. First off, these witness examinations are playing as if Foggy doesn't actually pre-interview his witnesses before putting them on the stand. That's something that would be understandable if it was the prosecution's witness. But how does Foggy not know at first how to question the character witness that he has subpoenaed? And Ray's not knowing that Schoonover? Schoonover? <laughs> I see why you have trouble saying that. Schoonover? Schoonover? Schoonover Schoonover was on that Hindu Kush mission was absolute amateur hour. Also, why put the Punisher on the stand? That is Defense 101. You do not want the accused to accidentally incriminate himself. Honestly, why did Foggy think that Matt was the only person who could question the Punisher? I don't think Frank can really incriminate himself more, can he? I mean, (laughs) like, he can't exactly go, I didn't do it, because, like... He's not denying that he killed all those people. Yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah and I think we answered this, which is we we think that Foggy thinks that, yeah, that Matt uh, had the inside scoop on uh, Frank's mental state because he told him the whole story of his family dying, right? Yeah, that's probably I think what so. I would... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, his excuse seems to be he just is. And then he's surprised that Matt goes the vigilante route with his questioning. What did he expect? If Matt was supposed to simply just walk Frank through what happened to him, why couldn't Foggy just do that? And I'm sorry, but how does Matt get away with basically testifying to the jury during his examination of Frank and not one objection from Ray's? That was so ridiculous. Yeah. We wanted- I think Ray should have... Ad- <laughs> well, yeah. you said, like, the judge or Ray should have gone, uh, what do you want about this? <laughs> yeah. needs vigilantes. Mm. We wanted more court stuff, but this was just crazy. No thank you, show. Okay. Ooh. Let me just say quickly what did work for me, and it was so surprising. I'm intrigued by what all the hand and chase hocus-pocus is going to bring this show. I'm not sure if it was Scott Glenn breaking down the legends or that Matt isn't buying into it. I look forward to seeing him get convinced of it so he can lead me there, too. Also, I love and hate Electra. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. I wonder if she's just damaged by what she's done in the past for the chase or if she turns out to be as imbalanced as she was in the comics. 
The way she opened that kid's throat up seemed to make me think it's the latter. Also, why did Matt realize it was a kid after he pulled his mask off? Isn't he blind? Um, I don't think he realized after he pulled the mask off. I think it's before that, like the other ninjas, he couldn't um, sense the heartbeat. So it was only, I thought, when he, when the kid kind of let down his defenses that Matt could pick up on the heartbeat. That's how he could tell it was a kid, because that's how he could tell the Black Sky was a kid as well in season one. He could hear his heartbeat, I think, and was like, oh, it's just a kid. He pulled the mask mm. off and he's like, I can smell your young skin. Yeah, You're wearing Axe body spray. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that has to be it. It's or as we call it in England, Lynx. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, amazing fight in Matt's apartment. I love when the hero is spinning the air to avoid throwing stars or stacks of broken glass. It's my jam. 7.5 out of 10 mistrials. All right, I better go before I get... What's he say? Oh, nasty. Sorry, sorry, Robin. Before I get nasty, Robin, Ooh. father by day, sticks driver by night. <laughs> oh, but then he has a P.S. All right. Oh my God, I see he got his he got his uh, his dose of what he needed. P.S. Civil War was freaking amazing. It's so irritating that the general discussion about it keeps bringing up how hard BVS failed to so talk Batman about. Batman v Superman. Yeah, uh, failed to talk about how awesome Civil War is. This movie deserves more from people than to bring up that blemish of a movie. Whoa. Guys, I love this movie so much. I wish I had more time. I would demand a Civil War special episode. There's so much greatness to talk about. Just all the fun in that second act, and you think it's peak, but then frickin' Act 3 just crushes you. Love, love, loved it. Well worth the wait. So that was Robin's yeah, movie was, review. Uh, that was Robin's <laughs> movie review for the week. I'm glad you yeah. enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah, that's cool. It's, um, it's funny, because the, like, like you were saying, Batman versus Superman brought up, or Civil War has brought up a, a lot of talk again about Batman v Superman because they have similar plots of like characters going up against other characters. But it's also brought up a lot of talk about Daredevil Season 2 as well because of the whole Punisher versus Daredevil thing of two characters fighting over their differences in um, ideologies. So it's kind of interesting that all three opened at the same, you know, in the same few months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Thanks, Moira. I've got one from Heidi, which says, Hey, guys! This title does not bode well for the case. I think I had heard Stick was in this season, so I wasn't incredibly surprised when he showed up. It was a good entrance, though. Sticks, it's okay, I'm right here to Electra. Doesn't seem like it would be very comforting. He's causing more pain. I'd be like, get away! <laughs> Plus, he's not the comforting type. I'd be, like, get away if he was sticking pliers in my belly wound. Um, I love that Foggy knows why he and Matt make such a good team, even if he's mad at him. Oh, speaking of which, I wrote avocados on the grocery list this week, and it took everything I had not to write at law after it. I figured my parents might think I'd gone crazy. (laughs) Oh, Stick, you are so sneaky, letting Karen in to see Electra in Matt's bed. Can a lawyer do that? Matt just gave his closing argument instead of questioning Frank. I wonder what they said to Frank to get him to do that. Yeah, he did kind of do his closing argument, didn't he? Mm-hmm. What secret is Electra hiding? This episode is way more questions than answers. Wow! Electra tried to change and become a good person for all about the three minutes before she slit some kid's throat. Okay, so I may not have been surprised when Stick showed up, but I was absolutely shocked to see Wilson Fisk. What an ending! Until next time, I can't wait! Heidi. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. And that is our feedback for this week. 
Okay, so now it's time to score this episode, and I'm going to pass to the lovely Moira to go first. Okay, this one had so many fun things. It had Fisk, so right away it just zoops up <laughs> toward the top <laughs> of the of the rating score. Um, and it had Stick, which I just found that was interesting, so I liked that, and I liked being able to scream more at Matt being an asshole in the courtroom, <laughs> so that made me happy. <laughs> so yeah, this was a good one, for all kinds of good reasons. Um, so I am going to give it, I have to think about it here, uh, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 super cool arrow-breaking fights in Matt's apartment. Nice. Cool. Uh, Matt? Uh... I liked it. Um, I didn't like it as much as the past couple. Um, I don't know. I just didn't find it as exciting for some reason. Uh, maybe I don't like all this backstory with the hand and stuff. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. A, Wilson Fisk is okay, but I'm not. I wasn't super excited to see him like everybody else. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He just <laughs> never thrilled me. Um, I like seeing his smiley, his big smiley face. <laughs> No, I like I liked uh, Wesley better than Wilson Fisk. <laughs> uh, you like Wesley's, Matt? I do like Wesley's. <laughs> Just for Wesley's. Yeah. Um, I'll give it eight out of ten. Uh, everything's poison tipped, including me, Mel. Everything. <laughs> I uh, I agree with Robin that I find the uh, the whole like uh, mythology kind of interesting, intriguing. Uh, and yeah, I would like to see the dark sky thing kind of come back because we were actually talking about that last time, I think, weren't we? Like, mm. when is that going to come back? And it kind of mm-hmm. came back. I was bouncing on my chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was good to see that they were actually bringing that back, and I hope they do something good with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it a, an 8 out of 10, uh, just smashed, wrecked, destroyed. Scratched up coffee tables. <laughs> Poor coffee table. Um, and I, uh, I really like this episode. There's a lot of stuff in it I like. I will say I think I enjoy the court stuff more than the the um, the ninja sort of mythology stuff. Like in terms of Daredevil, anyway. Um, but I actually really like Electra in this episode. I I actually felt for her. Um, Matt is a dick in this episode. Um, not you, Matt. Obviously, Matt Murdock, I mean. No, he's a dick. Aww. Aww. Um, Foggy got too badass. Uh, I like seeing Stick again. Stick's always fun. Um, seeing Wilson Fisk at the end, I was hooping. I was hollering. I was jumping up and down. Um, seeing Clancy Brown, I, again, I was hooping and hollering. There's a lot of hooping and hollering in this episode. I was very happy. So um, I'm going to give it a... Eight out of ten uh, Clancy Brown appearances that were uh, expected only because of my lying or something. (laughs) I don't know, something like that. And I don't know what the average is. I'm going to leave it to Robin to tell us next week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's pretty good score. So lovely Moira, uh, thank you very much, first of all, for being our guest. Well, thanks for asking me. This is always fun. I know. I hope you're coming back for Luke Cage. Of course. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's Luke. It's it's hot. Luke you know, it's, Cage. Oh. it's hunky handsome Luke. Why wouldn't I come oh. back? <laughs> so beautiful. Um, where can people find you on the internet if they want to listen to your lovely dulcet tones anymore? 
Well, you can find me throwing feedback at people like I do here <laughs> <laughs> and ranting sometimes. Um, or just on the Twitter, Moira Brown, Brown has knee. That's probably where you find me. Or you can find my my chatterbox every so often. Um, yeah, not in a little bit, but yeah, I'm hopefully soon. In fact, because I'm going out, um, I'm going to be making a stop into see Michaela in Vancouver. So in May. So who knows? Maybe. Um, and I was going to say yes, and I have my Doctor Moira Brown Twitter, but you don't want to follow that one because really that's just doctor stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Medical facts. Medical facts. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and guys, have you been up to anything this week you want to promote? I'm, uh, nothing this week for me. But <laughs> well, there's always Hooplecast. Yes. Deadwood, Twin Peaks podcast, and Matt is. Oh well, I suppose games. I suppose maybe the Hoople uh, Deadwood would have came out. Maybe did it? What do you I don't mean? Know. I don't know. I'm not on the internet very much. <laughs> I'm sure we've had another episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think know. I'm trying to remember when the last one came out. Oh, I had to tell you guys as well in regards to Twin Peaks when I went to see Civil War. Uh, at the cinema, I've seen it, it twice now. I don't know if you guys had this. There was an advert beforehand for um, Showtime, like the channel, and it said um, it was showing um, the screen, the titles of a lot of their their shows. So it had like Dexter, Millions, and all this, and then it said Twin Peaks coming 2017. And in the cinema, I went <laughs> and like did a little dance in my chair. Very exciting. Nice. Yeah, it was very cool seeing it on the big screen. You know, saying yeah. that it's it's coming back. Yeah. Cool. Well, I haven't been up to anything different lately, apart from I will say I was recently on an episode of the Nutty Bites podcast. It was a few weeks ago now, um, but it's been released this week. And on that, um, that was with previous guest of ours, Nutty. And uh, the topic we discussed was whitewashing in Hollywood. Um, And we did talk a bit about um, Iron Fist. This was just after Finn Jones had been cast. Um, We talked about Ghost in the Shell. So a few news stories that have been going on. Um, Doctor Strange. So, if, you know, if it's, it's uh, like a thing you've been following or, um, you know, I would say definitely give it a listen. We do talk for quite a while, so it's over two hours long. But, you know, we get through a lot of, of stuff on that on that subject. Um, OK, now it's time to predict for next week. Next week's episode, guys, is seven minutes in heaven. Oh, <laughs> and an Electra going to get locked in a closet. No, that was what I was <laughs> Wow. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe someone's gonna force, uh, all of them, like Matt, uh, Karen, and Electra to all be locked up in a closet and they have to work out their differences. Maybe. I, I, well, I, I honestly cannot remember why it's called that. I'm like trying to remember what happens and I'm like, what? No, know. wait, it's Wilson and, uh, Frank and they're locked in a closet together. <laughs> Seven minutes in heaven. They have seven minutes in heaven. That's a, fa- that's a fan <laughs> I've ever heard one. Oh, it'd be delightful. <laughs> okay, well, Moira, it is uh, your chance to take us out with an Excelsior or whatever phrase you would like to shout. If you want to shout, I'm the Punisher, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, Excelsior! Because <laughs> I'm really not the Punisher. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. 
Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 3.0, Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!